Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. So let's get going. You're listening to the Market Dominance Guys with your hosts, Chris Beal of Connect and Sell and Corey Frank of Uncommon Pro. Welcome to another episode of the Market Dominance Guys with your host, Corey Frank, and your co-host, the Sage of Sales, the prophet of profit, <laughs> Chris Beal, CEO of Connected Cell. And today we have another guest. I think we're on a roll, Chris. We've had, normally we say, I think we had a rule, no guests, but you know, the last couple of months or so, we had Oren Claff, had certainly Ryan Reesert, and so we're going to dig deep into the connoisseurs of our craft. In your own backyard, we have Donnie Crawford, the customer success manager over at Connect and Sell. And uh, Donnie's been with Connect and Sell for several years, I think over five years, I think you had mentioned, Donnie. And you're originally from the mean streets of San Jose, but now you live in the rarefied air somewhere in a nondescript location in Utah, having been able to get out of them. But we wanted to talk with Donnie today, Chris, I think to, because we've been talking about market dominance, certainly for the last 60 plus episodes, can't believe it's over 60 episodes now. And one of the questions we get oftentimes is, well, how do you put this actually into practice? Can we, can we interview and talk with somebody who puts connect and sell into practice, the theory of market dominance into practice and who lives it at scale? Now, Chris and I, Chris was my guide and my Sherpa here in the days of my previous company where I was a degenerate gambler. And when I got Connect and Sell, I just kept spending and spending and spending those dials and eight, nine hours a day. And and now I understand from Donnie that there's a right way to do it. And I was doing absolutely the 179 degrees away from the right way to actually properly use connect and sell if I'm going to have an internal team that's going to be coached up here. So, so Donnie, welcome to the Market Dominance Guys. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having Great. me. So, Chris, I think we can probably throw it over to you. And when you look at a lot of the folks who are trying to be uh, practitioners of our craft of market dominance, especially if they have a their own internal team and they want to you know, hit some of these numbers, they're looking at a new year coming up and say, do I need to hire five, 10 more folks? Do I need to take my trade show dollars that aren't going to be used in 2021 and maybe put them into SEO? Maybe I should put them into what? Obviously, there's a lot of, there's a lot of red meat there. And I think that you can set Donnie up here by talking a little bit about what, what would I do if I have a team of 25 or so folks? on the inside, maybe, maybe 30 or 40 folks. And I want to really make a splash in Q1. And I don't want to do the traditional digital. I don't want to just throw something at my tech stack. I don't want to, I can't do trade shows any longer. My field reps are really working from home and now they got to use the phone, but I still need this, this thing called market dominance. What are some of the things that maybe we can tee Donnie up since he sees it every day to uh, kind of guide the average person like me on how to get to the next level. 
Thanks, Corey. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Putting this stuff into practice ain't easy, right? Otherwise, there'd only be one episode of Market Dominance, guys, which would say <laughs> it's pretty much a, would, let me review the, the bidding here. Uh, talk to everybody in your market, uh, generate trust in seven seconds, harvest that trust over a three-year period. Turn it into meetings when you can and turn it into follow-ups when you can't. That's kind of it, right? Now that you get into subtle stuff, oh, if it doesn't work, tweak the message. Right, if that right. doesn't work, tweak your list. I think we're done. But obviously, well, if, that, if that doesn't work, call Youngblood Works and we'll do all that for you. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the, uh, that's exactly right. So the next, the next possibility is, well, maybe it's not that you're doing it wrong. Maybe you're just the wrong folks to be doing it. And what you really need is, is somebody to open, the, to open the market for you. I compare this to brain surgery. So your salespeople are the brain surgeons. But putting somebody's skull isn't brain surgery. It's just different. And Corey's folks over at Youngblood Works are specialists at getting in there with the drill and the saw and everything and opening the patient's skull without killing them so that you, the brain surgeon, can then go in and do the cutting that is going to cause them to have a new personality or a little less cancer or whatever it is that they're looking for that day. So that's great. You can do it that way. I highly recommend it. If you don't, if you don't test drive with Corey's group anyway, you're probably kind of not seeing the whole picture. But say you want that that level of I don't know, intimacy, I suppose, that comes from having your own people have those conversations or say you want to hybridize and you want to use you know, Young Blood Works folks. That what we call, by the way, Young Blood Works is called, it's called finishing school for future CEOs in case you want to know, because you can't become a CEO unless you can have conversations with strangers and they polish up some of the best business graduates in the world at Grand Canyon University to, uh, to become those CEOs by going through a, a program where they learn how to cold call by really doing it. Great. They get a lot of calls. They use connect and sell. Life is good. But say you want to you have your own folks doing it. There's sort of two ways to go. One is that you're going to just say, here, just go. And there you go. You get what you get, right? Here's what you're likely to find out. Some of them are what we call weasels. They don't want to talk to people. Some are what we call faux weasels. They say they don't want to talk to people, but they really do want to talk to people. They just don't know what it would be like to talk to people because they haven't tried it. So those are like fake fur. It's like fake fur weasels, right? So those exist too. Then we have these people we call pigs, conversation pigs, and they're hungry for the next conversation, no matter what the last one tasted like. But some pigs can sing and some pigs can't sing. That is, some pigs can use their voice to great effect. As we've said, the, the script is the surfboard, your voice is the surfer. Well, if the pig squeals an ugly squeal, you're not gonna get many meetings and you're not gonna get a lot of trust. So the question is what, what is really, it's better than just turning them loose. And it's only, it, we learned this really fast. It only took us 13 years to learn that after doing this for a while, that really folks need help. And so Donnie is our lead at Connect and Sell on providing that help in two ways. One is structured learning through a messaging workshop and a multi-session thing we call flight school that I'll let him describe. He's the master of delivering that. And second, through structured blitzes. And interestingly, I think Donnie, you have a story going way back into your past when you were a young buck sales rep and you were on plan. And I don't know, I've never, <laughs> been, I, I've never been put on plan before guys, by the way, never. Whenever anybody gets close to that with me, I get a note on my coffee cup like I got in 2001 that said, Chris, see me, Lou. And what it meant was you're fired. 
<laughs> Nobody ever puts my ass on plan. They just <clears throat> fire me immediately. But Donnie's such a great guy that he had a sales job once where he was put on plan. Yeah. And, and he can tell us that story. So Donnie, welcome to the show. Market dominance. You do it every day. You're a true practitioner. You help other people do it. So what's that story? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're right. I was I was really new to uh, tech sales in San Jose. And our, I was in a team of probably seven to 10 inside sales reps. We were supporting a, a senior sales team and setting appointments for them. And, and I'm telling you, the pain you feel every day coming to work and having to make a hundred manual dials is just, it, it wears on you, right? I mean, it is. At that point, I was I was super burnt out of it. And yep, you're right. I was put on plan by a new inside sales manager. Total stud. I really enjoyed working with him. And he, I think, did it because he did like me, but he wanted me to succeed and needed to put a fire under under my belt. So I needed to make sure I stepped it up. And, and I'm glad he did it because there's nothing worse in my life than knowing that I'm not performing like I should. And, and I was pissed, right? I, need, I needed to step it up. We also, fortunately, just recently before that, had it started adopting Connect Cell, our team. And um, our fantastic, one of our first sales reps at Connect Cell, John Jackson, sold it to our company. And, and Charmaine was our customer success manager and taught us how to, how to perform really well on the Connect Cell platform. And our inside sales manager instituted a weekly blitz. And this is when I really became a really big believer in the power of connecting cell. In the weekly blitz, there was a cash prize or gift card at the end of each of these two to three hour blitzes that we would do as, as a team every Thursday. And um, I learned very quickly how to manipulate winning almost every single one of these blitzes. Really? I'll tell you how I, how I did it. And it actually ended up be, making me become a massive believer in connecting cell. I started sandbagging every single one of my follow-ups to be run on Thursdays during the blitz. The rest of the team would come to the table with a bunch of cold calls, a big list, Excel sheet of, of numbers to call and try to get a hold of people. I put every single person that I had spoken to before and I intended to speak with again, and I called those during my blitzes. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. <laughs> Connect and Sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to ten times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their impossible whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. <laughs> behold, conversion happens with follow-up. And if you get a hold of someone you've spoken to before and you just say, hey, what's up? We talked a week ago. We talked a month ago. We'd love to get some time with you. People are more readily open to actually set a meeting with you. And uh, these are the folks you talked to maybe weren't ready to fall in the bucket of a demo, mm -hmm. just needed to be romanced a little bit. You would set all those follow-ups for the same time on Thursday or for the same day on Thursday, Thursday and then just knock them down. That's right. Every Thursday. And so I look at the world very simply. There's two kinds of people in the world. It's weird. You're going to classify the human race. Yes. There's two kinds of people. 
people I've never spoken to and people who I have spoken to. That's it. That's all that matters to me. If I've never spoken to you, I know exactly what I want to say to you to introduce myself, give you some value, mm -hmm. and hopefully introduce you into my process of learning something valuable for your business. The second class of people are all the follow-ups. It's all the people who I already spoke to before, so I don't need to worry about the cold calling angst. I'm just going to call you again. You know me now. All you have to do is just get to know me a little bit more and accept the fact that I want to help your business with in this follow-up call. I'm just trying to schedule that appointment. See, where it sounds like where I screwed up at scale, because I do everything at scale, even my screw-ups are at scale, is that I just used... If I get an email system, if I get outreach, or if I do anything, a HubSpot or an Acton, I'm going to just throw a ton of money at it and just do that one thing. Right. And it sounds like when, what I screwed up with Connect and Sell is I just did the cold calls and I did bucketize, if you will, right, the, the process, the follow-up process. So how effective is that? Ryan Reisert, I know, right, who works, uh, your, our colleague, and he's been a guest here. He's a big advocate, Sean Cease, big advocate. So talk a little bit, Donnie, from your perspective, right, as the flight manager, you're on the flight line directing, how many companies come to these flight schools? 10 at a time? How many can it handle? 20 at a time? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we can handle a lot of reps in a flight school. So, I mean, we are basically training reps in a four, a series of four very closely orchestrated coach and blitz sessions with team uh, anywhere up to 20, 25, 30 people in a, in a flight school blitz. And that program, we could probably even cross it a few different companies to, to introduce them into a blitz. So even though uh, there's all these different industries with all these different organizations in the flight school, the fundamentals of follow-up, cold calling and follow-up and using it as a strategic blitz. Let's talk a little bit about, about that and maybe some of the results that, that you've seen from doing this. Yeah, absolutely. If you are really intent on increasing the productivity of your team, especially let, allowing them to learn together, we believe true social selling is not going necessarily into your social network and, and sending LinkedIn invites and things like that. You can do that and you should. But true social selling is getting together with a bunch of sales reps and selling together. Like be social with your team about this. Get your management involved, your leadership involved. Get them excited about actually now hearing the conversations that the team is having. Not just one at a time, one-on-one -on -one focused information, but now with Connect and Sell, you essentially are able to get a team together, listen to... 50, 100 conversations in an hour from your entire team and really start to diagnose whether some are capturing the vision of the initial conversation with someone, mm -hmm. creating effective follow-ups and hearing the differences in the styles, the tones, the tempos, the, the belief that your team is able to actually portray during a, a first conversation. And then diagnose whether they're being truly intentional on how they're going to follow up with prospects. We as sales reps, we oftentimes feel like objections are rejections. So when we get someone to hang up on us during a cold call, we're like, oh, that guy doesn't want to hear back from me. No, in a month, they're not even going to know who you are. So follow up with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Teaching sales reps how to do that is actually, it's a lot easier than, than I think leadership realizes 
It's just, and it's necessary to be repetitive and to be teaching very simple and executable principles. And I think that's- Just so I understand. So when you said you had two different, you see the world with two sets of eyes, right? One, people who you haven't talked to, you've spoken to people that you have. Once I've taught, I've spoken with somebody, whether they're a hang up or a reject or a not now, or you caught me in the car driving my daughter to softball practice or what have you, right? They go in to the buckets. They go into the process that need a little bit more conversational nurturing. Is that what I under, understand you to, to say? Absolutely. <clears throat> when you have an initial conversation with someone, you get so many bits of information about the type of person that person is when you've had a conversation with them that you actually, all of us instinctually have this kind of gut feeling on the right time and way to approach someone else. Mm -hmm. it's, it's instinctual. We all get it. Sometimes it's just like, I would not set up an appointment with that, for, that person in three days if my life depended on it, because they're going to recognize me and they're going to yell at me if I call them back in three days. So that gut feeling tells me, hey, let me make sure that I design a strategic way to go after that individual again. If I, you know, have a call with them, hey, I know I'm an interruption. Can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? And they're like, no, I'm not interested. And they hang up on me. It's like a lot of sales reps would be like, that guy I don't need to talk to again, right? I don't want to, I don't want to. But my gut tells me, oh, that's a perfect person to approach in a month. And what am I going to say to that person in a month? I'm going to say, hey, on December 11th or whenever it was that I spoke with the person, right? Hey, when I talked to you on December 11th, I think I caught you at a bad time. Is now a better time? And they're going to be like, oh yeah, I got, I got a little time now. What was this about? Mm -hmm. Just go into that conversation in, this, in, a, in a nice, soft way where you actually have informed them, I've spoken with you before. We know each other. That trust right? factor, as Chris talks about, that's that that meter's moved a little bit closer. Absolutely. Right? It You're is. not an abject, frigid stranger. You're still a little bit of stranger, but you drop something social from the conversation we had. Yeah. And I think more importantly, from your, your, your kind of bucket analogy here, Donnie, it sounds like I know they're a picker-upper. I don't know what Absolutely the technical name important. is for that, but... I want to separate the picker-uppers because not everybody who has a phone who's on my Zoom or Lucia or sales intel list is a picker-upper. So it's nice to know who picks up. Even if they're going to yell at me, they're still a picker-upper and they have a higher score than maybe who doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, Drew. In fact, I have in my follow-up bucket of lists of contacts to go back after, I have notes for, for individuals who have hung up on me in January 15th and March 11th and May 21st, right? I have a list of the times they've hung up on me. Ooh. And at one point during a follow-up, it's like, hey, so-and-so, hey, I just, I'm so glad I got you on the phone again here. This, on January 15th, you hung up on me. On March 11th, you did. You're a really busy guy. Every time I get a hold of you, you just don't have time to chat. I'm curious when a better time to talk to you would be, right? I don't even mind letting them go again. Because when you bring their mind to the fact that you're not going to give up on them, there's a certain amount of respect people start to give you when you want, when you come across as a trusted advisor, someone who truly is invested in helping them and won't give up on them, even if they're being really, really difficult, right? Well, I tell you what, if we ever create a Wayback Machine or Uncle Rico perfects it, 
I'd bring you back to my high school days because calling the girls trying to find a date for prom, <laughs> that approach of hangs, keeping track of the hangups, I could have cleaned up. So maybe you moonlight a little bit as a high school guidance counselor, right? To show guys that, just like wear them down. Of course, and then the, eventually you'll get that date. But do kids even call each other in high school anymore? I don't know, right, Chris? I mean, it sounds like they probably do Instagram or something. They don't even pick up the phone and the gauntlet of getting past the father to ask the daughter, right? I don't know if that that angst uh, exists anymore for these poor, these poor kids. Right? <laughs> I, I actually think those who do use the voice dominate their markets just Amen. like in any other market. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't matter if you're dominating the, the father of your target or the, the person you're trying to get a hold to in IT. <laughs> well, let's face it. I mean, the, what Donnie's talking about here is predicated on something that in a way, if I were just listening to this, I'd go, well, still, Donnie, you're kind of crazy, right? So you're going to let somebody go, and then you're going to have this task that's in Salesforce. Now you have to go look at the task when it shows up, and then you're going to dial them, and then they're not going to be there, and you're going to get their voicemail. And then you're either going to leave a voicemail or not, and then put, give yourself another task. But clearly, that's not what you're doing. So nope. are you saying that Connect and Sell has a mechanism in it? that sort of does this for you. That is the task exists. Let's talk to this person in the future, starting on this date would be one I'd like to try. Here's what I'm gonna to say to them, but you don't have to execute the test. By some magic, this connect and solve thing does that for you. Yeah, if, if you recall, even from Ryan's discussion, the buckets, right, are so important. And even his buckets, you can segment into two groups. One is a cold calling bucket or an initial conversation bucket people who you've never spoken to before, but you've verified and it's been a good bucket. The next bucket are people who you have spoken to. And that pri the priority of going after that list is so highly important. And yeah, luckily in Connect and Sell, it's, it's literally just running your open tasks until you get a hold of those people. And it's just automatically running. It's just, I'm gonna be able to call on them. And if they don't pick up the first time I, I attempt them, that's fine. I'll call them tomorrow. I'll call them tomorrow two or three times until they pick up. But it's important for me to always go after this list because it's always going to convert higher. And luckily, there's a mechanism that even if I don't get a hold of them two times, five times when trying to get them back on the phone, 10 times, eventually they're going to answer the phone. And I will have a little mechanism called a teleprompt. I think Sean McLaren is the designer of the teleprompt, right? It's like giving a speech to the person when you get them on the phone. And it's exactly what you want to say to them. And if you design that the right way, the teleprompt is honed in exactly what you want to say in the purpose of the call. It's, it's magic. That, that is your magic list. That is the best bucket you could ever go after is your follow-ups. Actually, it's not. I disagree. The best bucket you can ever go after are the folks that you, you went through a discovery process with and did not move forward with you because now you have something really special. You know a lot about them. So with regard to getting them into a, into a process, that is the best list. But the very best list is your closed lost. The very I best agree. list of all. Isn't that, but if you were to simplify the two buckets of people I've never spoken to and people who I have, even those closed lots are going to start to fall into our follow-ups. They're all in that one. They're just the cream of the crop. Exactly. The other cream of the crop that people don't call, which is in the first list, is folks who are inbounds 
that they haven't spoken with Amen. because they tried them once or twice and gave up. Yeah. And remember, we did an experiment once, an experiment, we did a diving catch once with a company down in Chandler, Arizona. And they told us they were 750 meetings behind per month to be able to make their business plan, which called for them going public. When I visited them, they had a football field inside of a building set up as a football field for entertainment purposes for people <laughs> to exercise. That's how much money they were spending. So sure, they were going public. But at 750 meetings a month behind plan, it wasn't so great. So I asked him a question. I said, do you have a list of folks that, that came inbound that's more than a year old that you never spoke with? And I said, well, why would you want that? That's just garbage. Well, we'll find out if it's garbage. I've got some guys over here who are willing to do some calling on your behalf. We, had, we scheduled 735 meetings for them in 11 business days. Mm. And why? Because these are people who are fundamentally interested and all they needed was a conversation. Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe. Mm-hmm.